Um, how do you want to start the show? The very first thing? Yeah, man. I mean, we've taken a, a break, and it's the first episode of the Nashville series. Teflon Don is going to be the president. Mm. Um, so I think we should address that issue at the the top of the show. I'm done talking about the election though, man. Yeah, I'm hundred percent with you on that. I'm hundred percent. I just all moaned out. I think we got to just carry on, you know, carry on with the pod. (laughs) That's what this country needs. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the people want to explore the booming metropolis of Nashville with us. Yeah. What better way to meet real America? I mean, what this country needs is a little more steel guitar. Mm. And put a little fiddle right in the middle. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> put a little fiddle right in the middle. I'm going to try to use that in real life. Where, what is, is that some Garth Brooks shit? Like, what is that? Aaron Tippin partner. Jesus Christ. Because what this country needs is a little more steel guitar. And put a little fiddle right in the middle straight out. You're listening to Public Announcement. I'm James Ellis. And I'm Chris Black. It's Tuesday, December the 6th, and this is the first of the Nashville episodes that we're going to be um, presenting to the listenership. Proud of it and always love it. That's what this country needs. A couple months back, we went to Nashville, Tennessee. Music City, USA. Nash, Vegas. The Athens of the South. Uh, you know, we have some friends there. We, we like the place, you know. I think it's important uh, to note that we do really love Nashville. Oh, you, you mean because we love roasting Nashville? <laughs> it's hard to resist. I mean, there's just so many nerds. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that, though, in a way. It's, you know, refreshing and concerning when everyone is that, like, nice, just overly nice, too friendly, in your face with the nice. They have a reason to be nice, though. When a town's on the ascent and it has its own kind of identity. What this country needs. It's hard not to get swept up in the fever. No, no, I know, I know. When everyone knows the specific number of people moving to your city each day, you know it's <laughs> truly, truly popping. Well, 86 people a day, me figure that's the last number I heard. No, but that's, what is it, like 100? I heard 85. It's probably 86. Today somebody said 90 to me. Yo, it's hot. You know, I truly get why so many of our friends have made their way down there. Um, I don't know if I could handle it, but again, I, you know, I can appreciate it. On our trip, we talked with folks that we find interesting to find out what they're up to and, uh, and looking for their thoughts on the Athens of the South. Be proud of it and always love it. That's what this country needs. Yeah. Up first on deck. Uh, we have DJ, promoter, and, you know, all-around cultural consultant. Jacob. Jacob Daniel Jones Esquire. And his biz partner. Reno Bo. You know, I, mean, I, lo- I love Reno's life, though. You know, throw parties with Jake, put out your records, co-write other people's, and, you know, do a few heavy tours from time to time. He's a fantastic man. Yeah, so that's today. We talked to Jake and Reno and just kind of hear what they got going on. And what are we going to commit to for next week? Are you saying, like, literally next week? As in, we'll actually like release a podcast on some sort of schedule. Well, my year of professional walkabout is coming to a close. It's you know probably time to get serious. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting, interesting thought. Besides, though, we have Vanessa's episode finished already. I think it's safe to tell the listenership that we'll be talking to musician and singer-songwriter Vanessa Carlton. I'm psyched on uh, how her episode turned out. You know I love some deep music biz chatter, so happy to have that as the second in the Nashville pod series. 
We also talked to Libby Calloway. Uh, Libby, as a friend of mine, she worked in New York uh, as a fashion writer in the late 90s, early 2000s, probably most notably as uh, the fashion editor at the True Bible, the New York Post. I love her whole story. And you were right. She has a very legit Tennessee accent. The best. The best. Uh, And finally, we talked to Clint Smith, CEO and co-founder of Emma. Uh, If you're not familiar, Emma is one of the uh, big boy email marketing platforms. And one of the biggest technology companies in Nashville. I met Clint a couple years back speaking at a conference, and uh, he was kind enough to join us. Yeah, I know he uh, remembered you from the conference, um, but I was uh, happy that he wasn't too sure about participating in our little uh, (laughs) podcast until we got him on the phone and kind of, you know, swept him up in the madness. Well, I think that when I originally emailed him, you know, when we were first planning the Nashville trip, the latest episode was our review of the Drake record. Pretty sure that was what he uh, yeah, had to review. I mean, look, if I'm that guy, I definitely want some fucking info too before I sign up for anything too crazy. I should go ahead and say, though, we're going to save Clint's episode for last as we're working on some public announcement email related updates there. Also, very interesting. Very interesting stuff. So that's a little of what's coming up. But today on the program, we have our old friends Jacob Jones and Reno Bow. These two are sort of Nashville polymaths, throwing parties, putting out records, songwriting, and even opening their own. Airbnb property. Nashville power brokers. Also, I should note, you know, that we uh, we went to high school with Jake. Conyers, Georgia fam. Um, high school, shitty bands, all of it. Speaking of shitty bands, uh, I believe he moved to New York to join um, your <laughs> shitty band approximately, I don't, give or take, 14 years yeah, ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that didn't really work out, uh, but that's a, that's a separate story. Save it for yeah, another pod. Separate pod. Uh, we were children. Doesn't really matter. Anyway, Jake did his time in New York before moving to Nashville I think it was about nine years ago or something about that. I, I believe he was on the first wave. Oh, yeah. Early adopter. And now we know loads of people that have packed it up from New York, Atlanta, you know, whatever, to move to Nashville. The Athens of the South. And I know Reno moved down shortly after Jake, and they started Keep On Moving together. Keep On Moving is uh, East Nashville's definitive Monday night dance event. They play 50s, 60s rock and roll, Motown, Stax, lots of James Brown. They've been doing the party for the past eight years from a little dive bar called The Five Spot. You may recognize The Five Spot from um, Lady Gaga's recent um, Budweiser-sponsored dive bar tour. Oh, She used naturally. to pr- promote her album. It was, I believe, they displaced Jake and Reno's party so she could do that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm mm. not kidding. A little, little nugget for the listeners. You know what I'm saying? Just always can relate it back to an important moment in popular culture. Yeah, that place is pretty shitty, uh, but the location is perfect. Um, that area is ground zero for the wave of people moving to Nashville. It definitely gets all the press and shit. And in more recent years, they've taken it on the road. They do the party in Atlanta, Minneapolis. They do festivals. They, they did a tour opening for bad boy Sturgill Simpson. Um, they're truly out here. But again, the party is just one thing they do. Separately, Jake has a small creative agency. Reno is a musician and songwriter. Yeah, man, I, I liked Reno's last record. Um, yeah, that's great. Are we going to use some of that in the uh, episode? Did he bless us with some fucking rights? <laughs> Public announcement, music supervision has secured that, I'm pretty sure. Mm. One of my favorite departments at the company. I mean, we, we got to let Jim Nicholas cook. Well, I think the public announcement listenership will be able to tell the difference between Reno's tunes and 90s country selections. Well, the people listening to this podcast are fucking geniuses, so <laughs> I, I have no question. Um, 
I do think we should situate the listener a little bit more. Uh, today's convo was recorded from Jake's East Nashville office, uh, which is located directly upstairs from the coffee theme park uh, known as Barista Parlor. Oh, you are. East Nashville Barista Parlor. It's a barista bar that serves up more than just coffee. There's a feel, kind of a hipster vibe. Hey, dude. That's something that you notice as soon as you walk in the door, and it is contagious. Talk about overwrought coffee. What a place, man. What a place. The coffee is good. I appreciate the attention to detail, uh, but it the place like that makes me feel a little cuckoo. Coffee true believers. They're fucking maniacs, bro. Call them what they are. Any business that decorates with a vintage motorcycle and sidecar is suspect for me. Decorations just shouldn't try that hard. You live in Brooklyn, bro. This is like, this is, you guys invented this shit. I know. I'm just, all right, as an inventor, I'm saying that you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I, I, as the inventor, I am able to say, you're fucking up. You're doing it wrong. You know, implement the work correctly. Do it correctly. I agree. I mean, a cool motorcycle can work. Um, but you got to lose the fucking sidecar. You know, this isn't Indiana Jones. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have a whip on me while I'm ordering a latte. <laughs> At the same time, I think it was the perfect location for our cultural studies. I enjoyed observing Nashville cool. Quote, unquote. Uh, do you ever think about what your Nashville pseudonym would be? You mean like like Troil? Fuck yeah, exactly like Troil. We found out from an Uber driver that Garth Brooks, legendary country artist, Nashville's own, his real name is actually Troil Garth Brooks. Once again, I'm Garth Brooks. It's true. I looked it up. What about Troil Black? How does that sound to you? I don't know. It's been taken. I think you could do something uh, more modern, you know? Just go by Hard Black. <laughs> I like that, but it, to me, that sounds like a weird cold brew from Barista Parlor, <laughs> so it worries me a little bit. But I like it. I mean, you know, maybe it could work as my middle name, so it's Chris Hard Black. Oh, oh, I see. You know, I need three names, bro. Yeah, just uh, plain old James Ellis wouldn't cut it in Nashville. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, <laughs> but maybe if you're James... Wilburn Ellis. Ooh, that is perfect. Because if it's a middle name, you can just omit. But if you're in a situation where you need to ramp it up, you just say the whole thing. You bust it out. James Wilburn Ellis. I'm a hard-working man. Chris Hard Black. I wear a steel hard hat. <laughs> I can ride ropes, just, just say it. Hammer and paint, do things with That's my hands funny. that most men can't. I can't get ahead no matter how hard I try. I'm getting really good at barely getting by. You rock. Let's go to our conversation with Jake and Reno. Oh, what's up? What's up? <laughs> I just wear a Thanks so much for, for having us here. We're in Jonestown, USA yeah. HQ. You guys, some of the first visitors to this foreign land. You're, uh, you're good and set up. You're comfortable in here. This is lovely. Let's help situate situate the global listenership here. My name is Jacob. No last name? No, man. 
My name is Reno Bo. I'm a musician here in Nashville. Partners with Jacob Jones in Electric Western. I'm actually really terrible at this. People always ask me what I do. I, I, I never have the same answer. We're in an office right now where there's there's computers and there's a meeting room and there's there's a chill zone. But I guess Reno and I throw parties. We own a small record label. I do content development. Things get done. People make money, and you're you're in the middle of it. That's perfect. That's my boilerplate from now on. Yeah, I was about to say you should steal that. That was pretty good. You guys been here? What's it like? Eight years? I can't even remember how long. I'm here been. seven. He's here eight, right? Nine in October. That's what we call um, early adoption. I carry home with the Cadillac cutie. Longest place I've ever lived. Oh, really? I didn't even think about that. Oh, significant. Yeah, well, other than like childhood. <laughs> that doesn't count. As an adult, I only think about you as a fully formed man. I don't. I don't like to go back. Yeah, uh, what do you guys have going on this week? So tonight we have Keep On Moving, our party here in Nashville. It's also called Motown Mondays. Been doing it for almost eight years, and so that that'll go down tonight. You guys will come by. That's an incredibly long time for a party. It's incredibly be long. Like a couple of weeks ago, I think. I was like pointing out someone in the front row who looked like she was probably 21. And I told Rena, I was like, she was in seventh grade when we started this party. <laughs> when you look at it like that, it's that it's a little weird. But no, we've been doing it a really long time. It's It's been great. I mean, you'll see tonight. It's pretty wild. Several hundred people dancing their faces off to Motown and soul and rock and roll from 60s all the way up early 70s. How'd you guys get started with the party? I moved down here. Whole first year I was here. I think we were exchanging emails. And I was, I was like, you got to come down here and check this city out. It's cool. He was too busy on tour in Europe in a jet with uh, Coldplay. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. What were you playing? I was playing bass in the Albert Hammond Jr.'s band. Oh, and that he we opened for Coldplay. Up. Yeah. That's right. That's not a bad gig. Great gig. I mean, you had to hear Coldplay every night, but other than that, I mean, it's, it could be worse. <laughs> Whatever. Don't hate. This is good. <laughs> when you were done, you like came down here, and I'd been in a band. We had been playing at this place called The Five Spot in East Nashville. And the owner didn't want to have bands on Mondays anymore because no one was coming. He was like, well, we'll do like a two for one night and we'll try to get the neighborhood in here. So the very first night, this was like right before Reno got here, we we're all hanging out. There's like 10 people there and about two, you know one in the morning, someone goes to the computer behind the bar and plays Huey Lewis and the news, I want a new drug. And everyone's like, yes, play the whole record, play the whole record. No one has the whole record. This is before phones had music on it. So I go out to my car where I had my brick iPod and I had the whole record. So I just played music all night. So at the end of the night, it was like, let me come back next week, bring my actual turntables. And then within that time period, the Reno moved here. We both love this music from the 50s and 60s. So we decided that's what we would do. And then it just went nuts. You show up and then like straight to it. Boom. Yeah. There we go, baby. And now you're in like <laughs> season eight. Season eight. Yeah. Season eight. <laughs> uh, you two have been in the game for a minute. Uh, Jay has seen you get recognized in New York. A couple years ago, I was in Williamsburg, and some dude yells across the street like, Monday night, Monday night, DJ. Like, <laughs> doesn't know my name or anything, but like. Yeah, he dined out on that for a while. So that's what's going on later. We'll have to swing by. Oh, you will. I don't know if I can step that late, but I'll do my best. Uh, let's talk Electric Western, a.k.a. the master brand. <laughs> I know the parties roll up under Electric Western, that it's part record label, part real estate empire. 
it's just kind of an umbrella for the two of us. For our creative stuff. I put my records out under it. We've put out several records. We put out a few other people's records. We're doing a lot of events, and we just it's just kind of a vehicle for all the ideas that him and I can really only do together. Airbnb house. We design an Airbnb oh, house right. together. Let's get into that. I forgot we own property. We'll post the link on the episode page. The two-room chateau in East Nashville. Our house is um, kind of an extension of the brand. It's like all a bunch of records in there and a bunch of like mid-century furniture. Where did you get the name? Is it the street it's on? It's a street mm-hmm. it's on. I love when Airbnbs have a name. It makes it seem more pro the point of contention though is i don't, I just don't understand why when we come to town why whoever booked it on airbnb isn't just immediately kicked out i don't care what if that reflects badly on you as a host I, no. that's not really my problem do you have to really guard the airbnb status yeah i mean we've got over 100 reviews that's we have like five stars <laughs> birdman five what, star what are we like what's the when you're a, a super host super host with airbnb we're not gonna fuck that up you're a super host yeah yeah <laughs> It's established. So if we start getting, you know, negative Nelly reviews because you guys come in and <laughs> boot someone who's on vacation. We should have just, just knocked on the door. Bachelorette party. Can't, can't stay. <laughs> Excuse me. You guys aren't supposed to be here. We're supposed to be here. If you could just vacate, that would be great. All right, Reno. We want to talk about your tunes. The Nashville co-writing, uh, songwriting game in particular. The co-writing thing for me is like, uh, Nashville's a co-writing town. Everyone here co-writes. Let's just start from the top. Like, how do you get involved with someone? Do you know them personally? Does it up to your publisher? Like, you know? A little bit of both, actually. Sometimes it's people you meet through other people, like anything else, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it's like, I'll get a call from a publisher. Hey, you should write with this guy. Like, I think your styles would mesh well. And you get in a room and see what happens, you know? Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes, like, you're staring at each other and, and there's nothing happening, you know? <laughs> It's been interesting. It's been cool. In my brain, I separate my musical endeavors between like my stuff, my stuff, my creative stuff I do on my records. And I do that alone. And then the co-write stuff is usually for other artists or someone who's making a record needs a new, another song or something like that. But you wouldn't be interested in doing it with your own stuff? Like I mean, having I, someone else up in the mix? I wrote with Brendan Benson for the last album. We have one song on there. I had a track already done, melody and everything. I needed some lyrics. I'm like, hey, man, what can you do with this? And he wrote some awesome lyrics to it. But uh, I feel like I don't need to co-write for my records because it's me. It's all me. Everything I want to say is coming out. I have a particularly weird way of writing sometimes that doesn't gel with people. I think it's cool to clarify, too, that it literally is mostly him. Like, when you hear the record, he's played all the instruments. Not just like, I, oh, I can't And that's not like because no one will play. It's like he's so particular about the way it sounds and he has the ability to do it. And you hear it, you're like, this is all you. When you're doing the co-writes, are you writing the, the music? Are you writing the lyrics? Are you doing both? Because I know usually those duties are split between yeah. the two. You know, usually you bring in a top line guy if you're the, you know, or whatever. So what yeah. do you what do you lean towards? I lean towards the music. I'm more of a melody, music guy, hook guy, groove guy. I usually come in with a full track. This is done. Here's the melody. Okay. No lyrics. Okay. I need a lyric for this. And that's how I work a lot. Sometimes it's just, it's just like someone comes in and we write a song from scratch, but mostly I'm just the music guy. Is there the expectation that you'll have the whole track out of the gate or, or no. just some people are like, oh, let's figure it out. And like, I tend to do that as more of like a presentation thing. Like, what do you think of this? Is this cool? And when you have the track built already, it's more immediate as opposed to playing it on acoustic guitar. Hmm. I'm, I'm selling it basically. Yeah, selling, for sure. Selling I, the idea I, more so when it's fully formed. How'd you fall into the culture of co-writing here? I'm sure that's part of Nashville's appeal for you, yeah. um, that it's a place that has a long tradition with that that sort of work. It's one of the things that attracted me to Nashville. Is I kind of wanted to get out of New York anyway. Jacob was already here. 
and I was looking maybe San Francisco, maybe Portland. I don't know. I was kind of feeling things out, but I'd always loved that Nashville had this sort of Brill building thing, like the sixties Brill building thing going on where people were in a room together writing songs, which was, which is pretty much gone everywhere else. Mm-hmm. But Nashville just it thrives. So I was just curious about that. I want to see see what it was about, you know? I feel like hip-hop has been bringing new attention to the, you know, the music team. The idea that a musician would be working with different writers, producers, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people pour over the credits on a Beyonce or Drake record or, you know, big, big pop records. Uh, which is interesting to me, uh, given that we don't do that uh, with rock music the way we once did. Right. Um country has always had a kind of obsession with craft and inside baseball. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the music team element really persists here. And that's a good point. You see the country world adapting more of the hip hop style to how they're doing it. Like there's a, usually a track guy who makes the track, lyric guy. There's all these different people who come together to make the song, you know? So what is your favorite Florida Georgia Line song then? What is bro country? I honestly don't know a song. Do you like Florida or Georgia more? Uh, every night we look out, we see thousands and thousands of fans that are happy and partying. Which one of you is Florida? <laughs> If it's bro country, whatever it is, it sells. I will say this too, like, because I'm not Mr. Cool Guy. Like, I like some some shit that people would hate on me for. Like, 90s country is awesome. Like, there's a there's an era where I'm like, hell yeah. I don't even consider it a guilty pleasure. Like, hell yeah. Oh, I completely understand. <laughs> if you just open your heart. Pop country can feel so good. There's like usually a song or two. That comes out, I'm like, oh, this is good. Like, you know. For sure. Um, and actually, usually, like, Reno and I might be on a road trip or something, and we'll, like. Thank God for the radio. Get in the mood. When I'm on the road. And switch it over to whatever pop country. When I'm far from home. Feeling blue. Reno will be like, oh, this one's good. And then Alyssa will be like, yeah. That one, <laughs> that's got it. It's got the sauce. Even the contemporary work. Dierks Bentley, that's my guy. Dierks. He's from East Nashville. Like that guy, like, he's one of those guys where if you bring him up negatively, you'll get a lot of people saying, uh, oh, no, no, no. He's, Dierks used to live in the hood. Like, he's, he's, no, he's a king. I love him. Hmm. I love all those records. I think I'm losing my mind, girl. I can do no wrong for me. I want to know what his real name is because it ain't Dierks. <laughs> I don't know. That ain't a name. That ain't a name. Hey, at least it's not two first names or two last names. It's either like Luke Bryan or (laughs) Montgomery Montgomery. (laughs) (laughs) They're all the same thing. I'm officially changing my my Nashville name to Montgomery Montgomery. That's something to be proud of. We're in East Nashville. Yeah. What part of East Nashville are we in? If you wanted to get like super nitpicky, we're... And we do. Right outside of Lachlan Springs, which is kind of like the center of everything in East Nashville, which is where all these old school craftsman homes have been. I'll back up a little bit. There was a tornado here in 1999, I think, flattened the neighborhood. As they rebuilt these historic homes, they became more valuable. All these artists started moving here because it was cheap. Same gentrification story you hear anywhere. And now those houses are like $800,000. That's Lachlan Springs. That's like the right in the middle of everything. So we're just outside of that. We're, we're kind of right up against Gallatin Avenue, which is you know your classic four-lane ugly highway that runs right through the middle of the neighborhood. The main vein of yeah. the neighborhood, if you will. You know, with gas stations and check cashing and all that good yeah. stuff. We're just in East Nashville proper. I would say, though, this is the neighborhood that has the most heat. 
Everyone seems obsessed with East Nashville. Kind of the Williamsburg, quote unquote, Williamsburg 10 years ago, whatever, of New York, right? Has it calmed down though in the last couple of years or do you think it's still going? No, there's still new businesses all the time. There's still expansion. They're still building a shitload of condominiums and crazy tall skinny houses on lots. And like, it's, <laughs> I mean, what was it like? I think three, four weeks ago, they put out a, they put out a thing on Fannie Mac. It was like Nashville's the hottest real estate market in the country and East Nashville is the center of that. I think I'm quoting that right. Pretty I'm sure pretty sure right. 86 people a day move here. That's the last number I heard. Why would you know that? <laughs> Why would anyone know that? Everybody knows that. It's not normal, guys. I know you're in the bubble. So it's funny. In the bubble. Like, you're probably correct. Like, it's probably 86. You know, some people will be like, it's 200. It's not 80. It's not 90. It's 86. 86. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would go with 92. That's my, uh, I will stick with that one. If you bring a dog, does that count? Or yeah. is that just kind of. Are these people like registering with the, uh, the mayor to say, well, I'm here. I've arrived. Several friends of mine have gotten into real estate in the last three or four years, and none of them work anymore. Your so friends, yeah. The guys. Part-time musicians. They're like, I had a buddy who was running three clubs, worked 60 hours a week. He doesn't do that anymore. Tight. I'm moving <laughs> here, then. Yeah, so that number is important. Why are they coming here? Why Why this place? Is it just the, that pedal steel you can't resist? <laughs> Metal steel sound. Probably that, but that, once you once you move past that, the, the sweet song of the South coming over the Cumberland River. I can only imagine like people from smaller places are moving here because it's more of a city and there's a lot of things happening. And then people from New York, LA, Chicago, and those places are probably like, I want a yard and I want a slower pace of life. But yet things going on in Nashville, it's not like you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I think the press angle makes it sound like it's all those people from New York and LA that just can't deal with it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think the reality is like, I think we were talking about this before, it's like, you're from St. Louis, bro. Like you're from <laughs> Kentucky, you're from Ohio. Yeah. Because that's the biggest city close to them. You could tell one story about people from the big cities moving here which is true but i think yeah most of them are coming from probably just around the southeast and the midwest so i've been here nine years not from here i now identify as being from here i don't i don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon it's a great place to live like the community's great everyone's sort of like trying to make sure everyone else wins you know something i've noticed coming here over the years and that jay and i've talked about is the um people do root for each other to the point where there's no edge and it's so positive and so just like uplifting. And I don't, that freaks me out a little bit. I want to compete with people. I want mm -hmm. to feel better or worse than someone sometimes. I think it makes me feel like real, you know? Yeah, it helps you get up in the morning. Yeah, like I-, I It's like a bless your heart kind of thing. Yes. It's there, but it's like, like in New York, just like people are like, fuck you. Maybe I lived in New York too long. I think I like the fuck you brush off. I think yeah. I prefer that. But you know what I'm, you see that, you yeah. like feel what yeah. I'm talking there's, about. There's a lack of attitude, which is good and bad. Like it's, um, it is, there's a lot of nicety here, but it doesn't mean that there aren't driven, ambitious people. Driven, ambitious people. If it was New York or something, who gives a shit? But I'm able to kind of like make my way here either from an entrepreneurial point of view or throwing parties or musically or whatever because I like hustling. I like being at it every day and bringing that sort of like New York thing of like, go out there and get it. It's definitely really helped. Who would have thought eight years ago that we'd be in other cities? We're in Atlanta now. Uh, we have a great team here with Paradigm. We're just, they're just like we're, just, we're trying Minneapolis. We just went to Athens, um, which we're going to do again. Greece? That's pretty. That's a, more than two flights, <laughs> yeah. bro. That's serious. That's where REM is from. From Greece. Oh, REM. I, I've always wondered that. 
That's your sister city, I think. Sister city. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a Parthenon here. <laughs> when I moved here, it really was like the Athens of the South was on everything, and the Parthenon was like the attraction. What's the name of that, that shitty bar right by the Parthenon? Oh, Springwater? Springwater. Springwater. Yeah. I played there. You have? What kind of cap was that place? Capacity? 80. About 80. Two packs of cigarettes? <laughs> around here the industry speak just creeps up in all these little funny ways where i feel like if you're going to mention a venue you know you might follow that immediately with like it's a 300 cap you're guilty i do that <laughs> <laughs> i do that like yeah I, you're in the biz yeah well i think like we were talking on the phone maybe talking about this week i'm uh singing a song on wednesday at the basement east which is 400 cap <laughs> um as opposed to the original basement which is probably about 150 cap but <laughs> I could go on, but I won't. Uh, for me, I don't know. Maybe it is like a jargony lingo speak, but like I, I can visualize the room if you say it. You say a thousand cap, I'm like, oh. No, I know, it, it, but it's not just you. I mean, you, you might be the closest <laughs> to us that we have heard, but I have I've seen others do it as well. I also think it's a point of pride that like the, the bar, the five spot that we throw our Monday night party in is like the official capacity is probably 150. 20 or something but you know we will cruise five or six hundred people in there throughout the night people are like what don't like, tell the fire chief that no don't worry <laughs> i don't think he's a global listener <laughs> <laughs> i want to ask a lot of people that question yeah i think everyone we speak to needs that question the cap question the cap? Is, is going to be repeated this week <laughs> <laughs> well and definitely the number of people moving to nashville that has to happen yeah yeah get the numbers everyone in this town is going to know that a hot point of conversation like how often do you feel like in the course of a of a conversation someone's going to bring up a pedal steel player wrong tree dude that is <laughs> I, I feel like the rest of the world doesn't even know what a pedal steel is yeah if you move here for, as a pedal steel player you're gonna get a gig in like in the next three months you're gonna next 48 hours pretty yeah you're right you're gonna be in a 300 cap room 300 yeah, yeah. Cap. if you move here and you're a pedal steel player it's a good thing if you move here and you're a songwriter you're gonna be a, a bartender yeah oh for sure i've seen them out there i mean i can tell guilty is charged <laughs> at, at one point i don't want to discourage any future pedal steel <laughs> kids out there who are tinkering. no like they should have like pedal steel incubators they have camps so tell us about this music festival you're working on this week live on the green anyone good playing i've been listening to a lot of the bands that are going to play live on the green because i'm just kind of getting in the flow here because i'm going to see all of them kurt vile especially when's he playing he's playing in two weeks who's playing tonight jenny lewis jenny lewis is playing oh cool the band passengers opening i'm not into that but jenny lewis is good what kind of cap space are we talking <laughs> cap space live on the green Twenty thousand. will it fill up all 20 this week probably not no, no probably like fifteen thousand. so it's been going on a week already we started it last week there's about twelve thousand people there kind of ramps up as you get to like this year there's band of horses and dawes and ben harper and, like those things will be nuts happens every summer it's a free show so i'm involved in some weird way where i make sure it looks cool it generates content there that is actually what i fucking do (laughs) 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 oh yeah we have like you know we have have team photographers and and the video guys and social media and pr and i'm just kind of like make sure it all goes down well i have the storm i'm a friend of the festival you know what i mean yeah i like that what do you do i'm I'm just a friend of the festival Well, as a friend of a friend, do you think we could get a couple passes? Or yeah, yeah, I can manage to. Do we have the plug? Do what? You are the plug for the passes. Yeah, I'm so confused right now. What? You don't know the plug? Nah, like, yeah, what happens? Need... Jesus Christ, man! Like, I'm the plug. Like, you gotta I'm... log on, man. Cadillac. Oh. Let's say, for example, I come to Nashville and. 
maybe my brother-in-law Paul is with me and maybe James is with me and, and I'm looking for some marijuana maybe and so if I if somebody I knew could actually find it for me the plug they would be the plug exactly so it's a free show, so I could just put you in gin pop. You know I don't fuck with gin pop. Yeah, yeah, I, I can get you guys passes. I'm a Jenny Lewis, so I'm a Jenny Lewis fan. She'll be great. On record as a Jenny Lewis fan, yeah. You like her new band? Um, nah, I'm good on that. But I, I liked, I like her records, and she did a record with um, her boyfriend, if he's still her boyfriend. Jenny and Johnny is what it was called, and it was really good. That Yeah, I like that one a lot. Underappreciated, maybe. For the real heads. The band was called Jenny and Johnny? Yeah. Well, she's always on tour with, um, what's his name from She and Him? M. Ward. M. Ward, yeah. yeah I thought yeah. that maybe mm. her boyfriend. No, no. No, it's um. No. What is his fucking name? I mean, his name is um, Johnny. Thanks, you guys, for yeah, yeah, for taking care of us. Make yourself at home. You're gonna be here all week, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the next time we uh, we come into town, how much notice do we need before we can make sure whoever's at the Bailey is just booted? Six months? Zero, because we're changing the uh, the business model to... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The whole concept. <laughs> you know what, man? You flipped us. Yeah, we're, yeah. You know, we're going to do exactly what you said. We're done. We're good. You've been listening to Public Announcement. I'm James Ellis. And I'm Chris Black. Uh, this episode was recorded by Paul Phelan, uh, produced and mixed by the god Jim Nicholas, with additional production assistance from Carson Williams. Thanks to Jake and Reno for joining us. You can learn more about them at electricwestern.com. Also check out Reno's records. Just search Reno Bow. I would check out his uh, latest record, Lessons from a Shooting Star. It's got a real Matthew Sweet, Tom Petty, Big Star kind of vibe. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Matthew Sweet, man. Comfort yeah. rock. 100%. Just feels so good. I love to feel good. We'll be back next week when we interview Vanessa Carlton. Uh, I ate way too much of that cookie, man. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. Why? Uh, did we ever find anything for uh, the very end? Could just be Reno's breakfast tips. I found a Julia Child recipe mm. where the master. you put a pin prick in the top of the egg and then you boil it for 10 seconds, take it out, and then you put it in the water and it comes out perfectly round. A little bit runny. Amazing. Nice egg hack.